Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. Uh, this week we are coming to you with our summer 2020 update, which we originally didn't even think we were going to do. Uh, but due to uh, us all having real lives and personal stuff going on, uh, we're doing it. We're doing it live and we're we're going to release it this time. And it's just me and Scotty this week. Um, so yeah, we're just going to talk about what's going, what's been going on in, in Gundam land, I guess. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is I, just, look, we need to, let me be totally honest. We need to stall for time because we're going, we are preparing to have enough episodes locked and loaded to get through roughly the first half of Zeta. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've we're prepping and hopefully having a few more episodes uh, bend up. But yeah, we we originally talked to it just like probably earlier in the summer, like maybe a month or two ago. We were like, man, there's not even going to be anything to update because, okay, yeah, re-rise is going, Hathaway's flash is delayed, and that's it. That's pretty much it. Um, but over the past month, there there has been like a little bit of a, a drip drip of news. Still not as much as we'd actually like. But um, so let's go ahead and get started with that. Let's let's talk uh, re rise, um, which I binged all of uh, Build Divers and then re rise and and caught up right at the very end. Um, so uh, Luke and Scotty could quit uh, trying not to spoil all the fun for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and messing up the chat, you know. So <laughs> I, I, what I want to go with on here because there's, I think, plenty to talk about with Rerise, but so try to imagine yourself having watched Divers as it came out episodically. And then just imagine that in a vacuum. It's just, eh, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's better. It's not like super kitty, but it's not great either. Right. It was one of those things where the first handful of episodes where Riku's going around and meeting the different players and they have their different moves and different Gundams. I was like, okay, yeah, this is the get the kids hooked, sell the Gunpla episodes, whatever. And it evolved a little bit from that, but not significantly. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um there's a lot of fun stuff. And certainly as you get towards the end, some of the battles became really cool to watch, but yeah, the characters were a little bit just flat. They were what they were and they had some growth, but nothing you couldn't have seen coming from 80,000 yards away. And then uh, it falls in love with AI and they end up happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> it's his waifu for life who, you know, his, his 2d girlfriend, whatever you want to call her. Right. And yeah. Okay. So my expectations for re-rise were extremely low. And that also started with a handful of episodes that were <laughs> introduced yeah. gunpla kits, introduced the characters kind of going through the same paces. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I originally had started watching Rerise when you guys were watching it, and you're like, "Yeah, this doesn't really matter. You don't need to see the old one." Mm -hmm. uh, and I started watching it. I was like, "Man, this this thing, this stupid quest, is really boring." <laughs> yeah, and then as we got ahead of you, I think I don't know if it was me or Luke, but we said to Lane, "Like, 
You know what we said about not watching the first one? We were wrong. <laughs> we're very sorry. <laughs> Go back and watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It, it really did. It was one of those things that um, I don't remember if we recorded a show at the point where like there, so there was that episode, I think it was episode nine. It may have been around 10. It's somewhere near there. It's before they go and fight Alice for the first time, which I have a hard time with my English voice distinguishing between Alice and say Alice. Yeah. Like Alice in Wonderland or the sword art online show that is ongoing. <laughs> Alicization, but it's Alice, Alice, a-L-U-S. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a glowy naked guy in space. Anyhow, um, there was an episode before they go to fight him the first time where they're just hanging out with the furry people and yeah, the, the, El the Eldorans. And they, it was just this like slice of life episode, hanging out with them and having this party thing. Like it felt like a second to last episode of something, except that I had no idea what they were even preparing for preparing me for emotionally. I was like, what is this? I was like, okay, I'll stick with it since it looks like the next episode's a big battle. And that one was cool. And then it's just drops this, that hammer on you. Yeah. Midway through. And that was where the season break was as well. It was like, yeah, not right there, but it was only one more episode after that, that they did. So, yeah. 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 And, and the last, the only thing I'll say that, the last few episodes felt a little rushed to me um, in a way. Like it, it felt like there was like a long lead up and then like the last few were like really almost too fast paced. Like, I don't know, maybe there could have been a little bit more. I mean, it was so fun. Like I enjoyed lots of the battles. It was like, they took an episode pretty much for each character upgrading their, their gunpla. And some of it was just blame COVID. Yeah. Uh, no, completely. That was a let's do episodes that are easier to animate and plug the complicated, busy, large fight scenes towards the end because that gave them more time on a schedule to get that done. It wouldn't shock me that if they moved some pieces around in the episode storyboarding because of the stuff with COVID and being delayed and wanting to keep it on schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's, it was probably, well, I, I'm speculating that it was more important to sunrise at some point to say, let's get stuff out. How do we rearrange some things to keep you on schedule as the priority? It would yeah. not surprise me. But I think it worked. I think a, a yeah. lot of that stuff uh, worked. The conclusion, like the wrap up was a little quicker than I thought, but right. they, they did a lot of that stuff during the things going on. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah do, you think, do you think um, they're going to have like a third, like this, you think it'll be like a trilogy series nah. kind of exploring the whatever race that was missing or what, whatnot, you know what I mean? I think if they were to do something like that, I don't know. I, I, I find with the story that was told in Rerise, I would find it hard to believe the ancients had anything to do with Gundams. Yeah. That, that, would, that would be strange. 
Um, it was more of they found GBN as an outlet for their souls or whatever it was. Um, yeah. And it did, it just happened to be that kind of medium. But, um, you know, kind of going back to the conclusion, like one of the things that uh, as we were, you and I were talking about what we thought they were going to do. And I had guessed final episode will be half battle, half wrap up all slice of life stuff. But what they ended up doing is the things that you'd think they would put after that last battle and, um, Hiroto comes back into the real world. Like then he would go to the archery tournament and yeah. uh, see what's her name and you know, all that other stuff. But they managed to like cut it in and sprinkle it in um, right. you know, through those last couple of episodes. And that whole sequence with the archery thing, it was good, but it was this close to great. It was like this close. Like there was almost this, you know, cut back and forth thing with the music going yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think they if they they should have drawn it out a little bit more, I think they should have synced it a little bit more to the battle. I mean, lean into that more. Yeah. Maybe you put off introducing the archery stuff until after the battle's going, and you've done your ah look. He stopped the funnel by turning the aegis into the aegis claw, and it's like he's a funnel. Ha ha. Like get all that out of the way, and then you can have some lead up where you cut all of the like dialogue or sound effects and whatnot, just have the music, just have the action and have that lead up to something. Obviously with where they went with that episode's ending, I don't know if it would have even been impactful that way. Um, But when they started doing that, what I was thinking of was um, that sequence in game of Thrones and the start of season seven, where they uh, blow up the um, wherever they are in King's landing, the temple Uh, or whatever. Yeah. And it's the slowly escalating music cutting back and forth from, yeah. the guy, you know, in the, um, like down in the dungeon crawling through, like trying to get to that flame. And then the people above, I thought it was going to be something like that. And it turned out yeah. to not be, but it, it still worked. Yeah. It's still pretty good. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, and then some of the gunflow that have been announced out of this, <laughs> man, that, that, that the ultimate Voltron, one is so ugly. So here's where, okay. So here's where I think you need to like, you got to work on like, I'm bothered by the semantics here a little bit, right? Because Voltron is a combiner robot, right? Or a combiner mecha, a true combiner mecha. Sure. This is armor. It's very big armor, but it's ultimately the core Gundam getting a really big set of armor and all of the other pilots are still in their own little modules, core fighters, you know, whatever outside of that flying around because basically they expel their armor to give this much bigger armor to the core Gundam. Um, mm-hmm. And, and to me, it's just one of those things like it, the, the progression of his armor has been building to this and they cue you in on this as they're upgrading as, as one another are upgrading their gunpla, right? And like May's Wadham pod shows up and it just has extra armor pieces and then they don't bring them up again. Huh, yeah. I wonder. And it's also because it has the big hyper mode. That's because it's, he's gone through the planet system. Well, what's the ultimate thing of the planet system for the core Gundam? It's the sun. So it's all very thematic. It all works well. I think the design itself 
the Wadham butt is a little ugly. I can't deny that. <laughs> uh, the rest of it, I think, looks very cool. And if you just don't look at it from the side at all, I think it looks neat. Yeah, it's it's a gunpla I'm not going to ever build. <laughs> no, it's fair. That's fair. I, it, it, if they do like a, a shiny one or something, I might do that. But yeah. not a regular one. It's just not pretty, I guess. Is is like I I thought it was like interesting. I thought it was cool how they they ended it all up, but it just wasn't pretty. <laughs> um. So with that, they have announced uh, a handful of episodes that are going to come out in November. The Build Divers Battlelog series. It's going to be similar to the Build Fighters Battlelog series, and I think they're like doing some online voting on who's going to fight who and each of the OVAs and all that fun stuff. So. That'll be, um, maybe we'll cover that in our, our winter <laughs> roll-up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are fun episodes. The If you never checked out the Build Fighters one, I don't know if it stayed on YouTube perpetually. I don't think it, it is right now, at, at least. It launched there, so I don't know. Anyway, that did recently come out on Blu-ray Disc. You can get that and the... Um, Build Fighters Try Island Wars OVA and the Build Fighters GM's Counterattack OVA. It's all on one disc. It's 20 bucks or something like that. And I am not a paid shill. I just think it's cool content. And I pestered them on Twitter for years to, get them to release it. So if, if <laughs> and, it doesn't sell, and you, and you my pestering will never work again. And you can probably get free shipping if you put the $200 seed Blu-rays on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah mega ultimate awesome pack hey i pre-ordered it i did too yeah <laughs> seed is seed is good yeah it, it, it is it has what like three different versions of seed and then yeah. the movies so it has the compilation movies which i haven't ever watched yeah um, and it has the so the it, it has, has the, the uh, it has the original the english dub then it has the remaster, which is like an episode shorter, right? So the remaster, I think, cuts out a clip show, yeah, or two, and, but that's all. It, it doesn't. And that's only Japanese. No, not no? anymore. That's why this has been taking them a while to bring out, and why oh. Seed Destiny is not available yet. So what they've done, you get the original version, presumably with original Japanese audio subtitled, because I don't know why they would leave it out. But right. I didn't look. You have the original English dub. So if you watched this on Toonami back in the day, or if you're like me, you have the old DVD set, um, this will have that dub on the 4x3 standard def version, which will be on a Blu-ray, so it should look a little bit nicer, but it's still 480. Yeah, The show was made before HD was standard. Not much before, but before. And then you'll have the HD remaster, which if you have watched it on YouTube or Crunchyroll, because it's on there um, for now, I will see if it stays up there. Usually the Blu-rays don't affect that much with something like Crunchyroll. Uh, that is in Japanese and subtitled right now. And what they did is they made a brand new dub with new actors for the HD remaster, because you can't just scooch the audio over. There's uh not it's like remixed isn't it a little bit yeah and there's a fair bit of redone stuff like with the zeta movies um it's not as jarring 
but it is still very noticeable. Um, yeah. And also because the HD remaster where they do use the old footage is a crop. So mm, yeah, that's, that's where we're still having the four by three option is a little bit nicer because sometimes, sometimes cropped scenes look fine. And then sometimes you go, they crop the hell out of that. <laughs> so, and it has, it has the, what the seat of the trailblazer movie. Right? You're confusing it with the double O. Oh, wait, there, it, it comes with a movie, though, doesn't it? It comes with more than just the compilation. It's no, it's just the compilation movie. Okay. It, might have, it might have some extra stuff. Um, let, let me pit, mute so I can pitter-pat my keyboard. Yeah, this this one wasn't on our, our, our agenda to talk about, but, you know, I had, I had to throw it in there because it's been it's been hyped like crazy over the past few weeks, um, probably more than a month now. Since they announced it, but um, they were really proud of of getting that set out. Hey, we got stuff in the mail about it. Yeah, yeah, we got like discount coupons or whatever. You know, they didn't discontinue their mail catalog until a couple of years ago. I used yeah, to. I don't, I don't think I ever got their mail catalog, but yeah. I, I don't think I bought anything from them until about two years ago. So. Yeah, it's just what I mentioned. Now it does have it says it does have two hours of video extras, but it doesn't say what those are. Probably intros and outros, and like TV advertisements. I would so, guess. Yeah, commentary maybe, yeah. Um, like subtitled commentary, things like that. Now, when they do see yeah. Destiny, if they don't include Stargazer, that's going to be fucked up. They better include Stargazer mm -hmm. when they do see Destiny. Otherwise, I don't know how you're going to sell a seat Destiny box. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. So, um, next thing we have is the whole Gundam Online Expo thing. They kind of just, like, announced this with, like, a few weeks heads up. And the Expo itself, not too much was interesting about it. I mean, there's, was, there was, like, a few little interesting bits here and there. There, there was... Um, there was there was an interview with the director. Um, I'm terrible with, with the names, but the guy that's leading the Gundam series now that's directing all the shows. Um, and they, you know, we, we were hoping, you know, throughout this whole thing, we'd get like a new show announcement or a date for Hathaway's Flash or anything. And we didn't get any of that stuff, unfortunately. So um, Hathaway's Flash is still coming out. You just don't know when, and it's not going to be online like everybody else has been going, unfortunately. Um, uh, the, the director did confirm one little thing that I, I guess everybody would kind of thought was ahead of soon. So, like, it's the move, the, the, the Hathaway's Flash is a sequel to Bell Torchica's Children, but it's also not like he kind of like hedged on that answer. He's like, Yes, it's a follow-up to that, but obviously we didn't release that, so it's also a follow-up to Char's counterattack and you know all the other stuff we've been doing. So um, it's coming out. It is. It's suspicious to me how much they bill this as a sequel to Char's counterattack, and not the next chapter in the UC story. Yeah, this is very suspicious. Dude. Yeah, maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe it's just the marketing, right? Maybe the marketing is, "Hey, are you old as shit? 
and you loved Char's counterattack when you were 30. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm joking. But like, because again, I, I love the new Gundam as a design, but man, Char's counterattack was just like not that great of a movie. It's just too quick. It's a, it was a like 13 to 20 episode TV series crammed into a movie. Yeah. It, yeah, it just, it wasn't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, we'll, get, we'll get there, but yeah. So the one thing that they did do that was pretty cool for this Gundam online expo is release a bunch of Gundam base exclusives to the U S which made me personally very happy because the summer I was slated to go to the Olympics and the Gundam base was going to be one of my stops. And I was just going to like drop a few hundred bucks and mail Luke and Scotty and myself some, some Gundam base exclusives, but it turns out I get them anyways without having to go to the Olympics. <laughs> get some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Don't underestimate the amount of Gundam base exclusives. Oh no, there. not at all. No, I, I, my theory is that some of these are the piles of unsold stock of older exclusives that they needed to like, oh, like sure. we have we have a dump truck full of new ones coming in. <laughs> like sell these yeah. to the Americans. So there was like f probably five versions of the Unicorn Gundam again. Yeah, they went for everything from SD all the way up to a perfect grade, I think. Um, and, a, and like a clear version too. And then there's a handful. Uh, man, the one that's really ugly to me is the, I think it's a Strike Gundam, the clear Strike Gundam. It looks like it's got a rainbow coming out of its butt. The yeah, Strike, strike Freedom, Freedom does not look good and clear because no. it has a, that suit has a gold inner frame. And I'm looking up at my master grade of it. And the inner frame, when it's exposed, when the suit is in full burst mode, the inner frame is nice. I, yeah, I, you, it's nasty mustard and plastic. I painted it gold. Sure, but, uh, it looks really great. But then when it's clear and you can see all of it, like it just clashes with the yeah. The yeah. It it looks so tacky. Like mm -hmm. I want to like it because it's got a lot of like colors and everything for a clear one. Man, it's so ugly. Now, if one were to paint the clear versions inner frame also a like shiny gold, that might look better. Yeah, yeah. With the clear kits, they almost always just show you the plastic if you straight build it because that's about all you do with clear kits. Yeah. So I did get the um, the wing Gundam Pearl version because I really liked the mm -hmm. Pearl wings on that as opposed to the clear one. Um, so I guess I'm furthering more wing Gundam being released in the U.S., unfortunately. <laughs> I... I don't think that needs help. That's going to happen. I know. I, I know. It's like the unicorn gun. Like you get 30 different versions of the unicorn. You get 30 different versions of the wing Gundam. And everything else. And, and 30 different of the, the OG. Okay. Well, the thing to remember, though, with a lot of these is that they, they are, in a way, also souvenirs. Yeah. So you... You go visit the Gundam base. You have an experience. You enjoy it. Here's your gift shop at the end of the museum, right? Yeah. You get a trinket. The reason there's a version of the unicorn at every price point is because the unicorn is popular. So then if someone is there and they don't have the budget for the clear full armor one that I bought like an idiot after some beers. Anyway. Hey, um, that one actually looks good. I like the way it looks. 
No, no, it, it looks cool. I, just, I didn't need that. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you don't have the budget for that, you can buy the SD or the HG yeah. or whatnot. So that's why there are so many. I mean, we can laugh about it, but this is not like they're being made available through P Bandai for us, but they are not marketed for that audience. Yeah, I, no, I thought it was really nice that, that they released these, and and I did grab a handful. I, I grabbed the Clear Moon Gundam too. That was when I, I had been looking at getting the the regular version of it for a while, and then I saw the clear version. I was like, I actually like this better than the the regular version. <laughs> I'm waiting on a master grade of that one. It's it's maybe we'll see. You know, I mean, they, there's no master grade G self. I so. mean, if they serialize it, it'll it'll probably happen. Um, you mean animate it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the others I got, I got the clear Justice Gundam because I have the master grade of the Infinite Justice, so. Man, where did he? Oh, he's not up on a stand. I was like, where is he on the shelf? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I have a Master Grade of the Infinite Justice, so I got the clear Master Grade regular Justice, and then also the clear Earth 3 because it's got like a sparkle to it. I got the um, SD Gundam Cross Silhouette because I thought that was like a nice-looking SD Gundam. Yeah. Um, what else did I get? I didn't get much more than that. Um, oh. Yeah, the only other thing I had, I'm looking at my other invoice from a couple days later. Uh, I got the wing you mentioned, and then the I got the Haro. <sighs> Still no bronze bear guy. I, I did get two of the the petite guys. I got the um, yeah, the gold and the silver petite guys. Yeah, I had already gotten them on eBay several years back when they first became available, and the so the there was a bronze one. So the first way that these got released was in a set of three. It had gold, silver, and bronze. Later, they released the gold and silver on their own. But the bronze, you have to get in the set of three, and it's, I don't, yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Trying, to see, I'm trying to see what else I ordered, because I, I know I ordered too much stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, we're, we're screwed. I, I did, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I got the Master Grade. Um, Gundam, Unicorn Gundam. <laughs> oh, cool. Did, did, you get the, did you get the MGEX, that that one, that new one, or did you get... Are you talking about one of the clear ones? It, so it's not a clear one. It's one that they... It's, um, it's the Gundam base one. Is it clear? No, it's not clear, but it's oh, okay. a Gundam base one. Oh, cool. Um, but did I get the MGEX? Yes, I did. Uh, I, you know, haven't done the perfect grade. I was like, you have the, yeah, you already have the LED kit. So yeah, I, well, the, like, the LED kit doesn't change colors. What's that? Sorry, go ahead. I was, I, I combined some coupons and got like 40 or $50 off of it. So I didn't feel quite as bad. Yeah. It, what that one has going for it is that the lights can change color. Uh -huh. You know, you can do red or green. Um, the way the perfect grade is, well, for one, that clear plastic is red. You're not putting the light yeah. behind that to make it green. No. Oh. So, yeah, yeah, I haven't done that. And then getting the clear full armor, I was, just, yeah, I was like, you know, I really like the unicorn. Unicorn is, you know, top two, three all-time Gundam series for me. But yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So, so do a full armor. <laughs> 
so so to wrap up our um gunpla talk what what's what are your next two or three on your build list so i am working through a very old backlog and by very old I mean, the kit I'm working on right now is a Throne Eines from Gundam 00. I purchased this kit when it was new, when it was a new kit. <laughs> um, so that's 11 years ago plus. Whoops. Anyway, and like most 00 high grades, I look at the box. I look at how there's three or four trees. I go... Ah, it's Friday. I probably have this top coated by Sunday. Just move right along. And then you start to actually look at the pieces in the box and how they correspond to the pictures on the manual and all that. And you go, oh, Lord, this needs so much paint. <laughs> so I'm in the middle of painting it. Uh, I've almost got every piece that needs paint with paint on it. Just going through and doing all of the cleanup and yeah, you know, the, the, running into the frustration of doing a spray can of a brand and then touching it up with the brush of the same brand. And then they don't match. Why do they not match? This doesn't make any sense. So once I'm over that hump, it should be a pretty quick finish the panel lining, pop it together. Um, so yeah, throw nines. And then I think after that, I'm going to just go ahead and do the Wadam pod. Um, and then if my September P Bandai stuff has not come in yet at that point, I'm going to do my high grade sand rock, which has only been sitting in the backlog for a year um, because I just finished up five Maganox. Oh yeah. I remember seeing those. Yeah. Yep. So getting there, I've built 13 model kits during all of the COVID quarantine and staying at home stuff. Um, so I'm, I am making progress. There are still a lot to go, but, definitely a dent if i do if i can get 13 more built i would be feeling great and then I'll yeah, that's way more than me gonna hit and yeah um, i've i've gotten a handful built uh you know i got the the stein done the g40 done the set rx78 2 done and then <laughs> that uniqlo zaku done <laughs> oh yeah yeah and then the, uh, hello kitty Yep, Hello Kitty, right here. Got her. Yep. <laughs> for my uh, for my thirteenth kit on the on the backlog destruction quest, I did uh, the clear version of Optimus Prime, the Flame Toys one. That's because he is the thirteenth Prime, and so I thought I'll do the clear one because it's quick. I have two more versions of this kit, and non clear, <laughs> and then like the Black Evil one, but uh, I haven't built them yet. Yeah, I think next for me, I think I'm doing the Apex. I'm going to try to do that next week, the Narrative Gundam. And then I'm, I'm torn. I've got the well, the Luna C Master Grade um, Zaku 2, which I've been drooling over for a while. And I think that one's going to actually be pretty quick because it's all like one color. So there's not going to be much in the way of like other than cleaning up to do. Yeah. Is that one, it, does that have a coating on the parts? Like, did they throw a layer of paint on there already? I haven't actually touched it. I've opened the box and looked at it, um, but I, I haven't touched it, so I wouldn't be able to answer that off the top of my head. Um, but then I've also got the um, the ReGZ, which I might be doing as well. That was my first uh, P Bandai that came in. So. That one was tempting after having played Super Robot Wars. Um, where it's in there, but I just looked at it. I was like, I can't do it. Can't do it. 
I don't feel so like, guilty about buying the clear kits and like the coating ones because they are snap builds to me. Yeah. Like yeah. if I want to do the nice up, like painted up build, I'll get the regular version of something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely have between September and December, um, way too many Gumpla coming in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Hey, you got God hands now. I do right here. That was, that was a weird reference in the last episode of re-rise one. I did not understand until, uh, the, uh, that article. Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Until that article going through that, I was like, yeah, I never, ever would have caught there that. Were tons and tons of like really obscure references in there. Yeah. That I wish I had like, actually, I don't even know if I even entered the, or if I could have, it might've only been open to Japan residents, the contest to have your GBD, GBGW kit in the show, because that was a cool cameo. Did the bisect move. And yeah. Yeah. That was neat. That was really neat. And then um, the other one, our, the other reference I really appreciated was the uh, Code Geass one. Oh, the pose. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. I remember seeing that and, and in my brain, the Mecca from Code Geass and Evangelion get mixed up a little bit because they're all very spindly. Yeah. It, it, I, when I saw it, I was more like, oh, that looks like an Evangelion thing, but. Yep. Thing A inspires thing B, which is homaged by thing D. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that that was that. That was nice that they that they brought the Gundam Online Expo to the U.S. I thought, and hopefully we get more stuff. And yeah. fingers crossed, more content that gets brought over to the to us. Yeah. So the a point I, I didn't get to make earlier that I think is important is anytime this stuff comes up and. They're like hyping, like, oh, we got these big announcements about got like whatever your expectations are, lower them like eight notches. Yeah. You know, and then if something does get announced, then hey, awesome. But you this is yeah, I've been following. I mean, it, this is mostly within the context of Transformers. Yeah. That's where I'm most familiar with it. And Every time you would go into a, you know, whether it be San Diego Comic-Con or a toy fair or a BotCon, wherever it was, or, or just a, yeah, and this this didn't go for just the, the toys, but also, like, if it was at a convention and the comic book guys were there to have a panel, right, and they say, like, oh, we'll announce something. Well, you know what? If they say they have new information, it might be a cover for an upcoming book. It's, yeah. like, really routine. Um so you have to remember that the marketing team is always going to try to make everything sound as important as they possibly can, because that is their job, but the content is ready and will get shown when they are ready to show it. And yeah. Well, I, I meant more along the lines of like, are they going to bring more manga? Like not even like bring, like I thought they might announce a new show or something along those lines. Not necessarily. That's, but no, that's what I'm saying. Like, assume it will be all just like sizzle for things you already know about. Yeah. Yeah. And but I'm, I'm glad they brought it here regardless because you know, yeah. that, that, you know, despite how popular it is, you know, the U S market's been pretty neglected for Gundam in specific. We get tons and tons of like random other crap out there, but like, um, I don't know. I feel like even though there's a pretty decent fan base and, with them bringing P Bandai to the U S maybe this, this is like the next kind of 
step in the evolution and hopefully like they realize there is a market here for for more stuff yeah there are four different mangas in the magical index series that you can get in america okay there yeah. are i've been reading the novels of it and the side story volumes of the novels are coming out here um hopefully they get to the actual sequel after that but i i cannot imagine that that is more popular than gundam now i can imagine its fan base might spend money on media more readily than more than gundam. gunpla not gunpla media huh. manga blu-rays yeah what? i mean we really thunderbolt is Thunderbolt and Origin are really the only two like big manga that have been stateside for Gundam. I mean, they brought like Wing and stuff like that, but that was like before manga and everything like that was really maturely distributed in the U.S. I feel like, and, and that market kind of popped at some point as well in the early knots, and that had a big effect. I think that made some publishers get snake bit on. Yeah. You know, I don't imagine the translations are horribly expensive, but you do still have to pay for them and then you have to pay somebody to redesign the letters. But I think we talked about this in the last episode. Like there's a handful of like Gundam Ace comes out once a month and it's like, I don't know, hundred pages, 150 pages, maybe. Um, like how many people would it take you, even if you had a month lag to translate from Japanese to English and then like do like the graphical editing of the the words and stuff like that, and then just distribute it online. Like you can't tell me that, that it's, that you couldn't make that up in sales and make it still make a decent profit because I feel like you could do that with like a five person team and like all the internet, like technology stuff is up front building that front end. You could probably even lease something from like DC or Marvel and be like, Hey, can I use your like whatever comiXology backend? Well, that gets, that gets stupid complicated. So we'll ignore what you just mentioned with DC and Marvel. You know what I mean though? Like in a very high level sense, like putting stuff on the internet, has been done and is done all the time. And they probably even do it in Japan. I, I would personally pay for something like that. Um, I think they would have to be very litigious at first to make it successful. And I mean, cause they know, I mean, this happens to regular comic books. The day something comes out, you can do a fucking Google search and go. Oh yeah. Um, but again, like it's, I feel like it's, it's, if you compare it to something like, Netflix or Crunchyroll or something along those lines. Like, I don't, uh, I think all of us at one point got movies and music and anime um, through other than legal means because there were no legal means aside oh, yeah, sure. from like, buying stuff that from or importing it from Japan. And even that was dubiously legal because, you know, you're not supposed to copy or, you know, change your copy region or whatever for your DVDs. Or <laughs> so, so like once that stuff is legalized, yeah, people are always going to pirate. I mean, people pirate Netflix movies, right? Like, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like convenience for so many people, if I can pay, you know, 
$2.99 a month in perpetuity, I will buy Gundam. You know, like that's just a number randomly out there, but like I would pay for something along those lines. Yeah. And they'd have to put it on a, the, the only way I think it's viable is if you put that on a service with other things. Sure. I would personally pay that for just Gundam, but there are like there, you know, whatever else they have their hands in as far as side story manga for their properties, or, or even like you said, I think um, I, I know there are some services for manga that, I mean, hell, even um, my anime list, you can buy digital manga. Yeah. I, right? think, I think like Marvel and DC or yeah, Marvel, Marvel and DC Marvel Unlimited. some mm-hmm. sort of subscription service that you can get. Marvel actually does a really nice digital model. If you buy a paper copy, you get a free digital copy. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. That should be the norm in comics. It's not. There's a lot of things in comics that should be the norm that are not. But um, like these anthology kind of books, like that there should be. I, I would enjoy more of that where it's a price that is attractive and maybe shorter stories, but introduce you to lots of different things. And hey, see what sticks, see what doesn't. Yeah, the, the thing that threw me off with comics a long time ago was the fact, I was thinking more of like X-Men and Spider-Man, you would have to buy like all these different comics just to like, like to read the main one because like the story is going on and all of these different things. And I know why they do it, right? Like you guys, that's how you make money. But, you know, as a kid growing up in middle school and, you know, like, you know, I want to just spend my, you know, two or three bucks and get my comic book and get that every month, not have to buy like four or five different ones. Yeah, they're, they're $4 a pop. Uh, you can't, it, it's not bad for one book. But then if you start following 10 things or 20 things, right, suddenly, yeah. oh, they all came out this week. Oh, crap, that's $80 yeah. all of a sudden. Yep. And uh, the, yeah, I ran into that recently with X-Men because I read House of X, Powers of X last year because it had a ton of hype. It was actually really fucking good and kept up for a total of not even one full month after that because they were like, hey, that did great. There's six books now. <laughs> I followed two, which were really one, you know, every, I think, week or other week or something for four months. And it was awesome. Now here's six a month. Fuck you. Or Marvel. Yeah, that's 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 too much. And everything else. The thing with Marvel is everything counts. Yeah. Right. So the stupid Death's Head, not really even Death's Head book that I read, the Hulkling, Hulkling and Wiccan book, somehow counts somewhere in all of this stuff. Um, yeah. Anyway. I'm also pissy at them right now because I was following Arrow and Swordmaster and those are canceled as of issue 12 of each of them. So, yeah. yeah. So one last thing of manga note, uh, Crossbone as a series is ending very soon. I think it has like four or five episodes left. So like that whole, not, not just like that serials, serialized manga is ending. It sounds like they're ending like the, like Crossbone is done. So, I, it's been so long it was going that I they, didn't they know it they, wasn't over until this announcement. Yeah, well, they've they've had this is like the third or fourth series in the Crossbones system. Was, uh, like 
I want to say universe. It's UC technically, but I mean, it, it follows or I don't remember when it happens. It's either before victory or I think it's some before. before and some after or I, I it, no, it's after. So I think if I know it's from, after F ninety one, it follows F ninety one. It follows the main character from F ninety one, kind of. No, I mean C book is is in the early parts for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like kind of he's in it, he's referenced, but I don't think he's like no, he's a pilot, like he's a main dude. The whole time? Yeah, he has, he goes by a different name. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, like him and Cecily go by aliases at first. Yeah, and I know like they're they change like alliances a lot and all that stuff. Yeah, it's I have not read it. What I know of the story, I know from Super Robot Wars. <laughs> okay. Because it tells parts of that story. Yeah. And so that's how I know like who Tobiah is because he's in that game and they give you a condensed version of all that stuff. Um, what I, what I have heard about crossbone is that the reason it hasn't been animated or anything like that is because it isn't very good. Um, some of the suits designs are really good. And some of them are terrible. Pirates are awesome. Well, there's like one, I, I saw a picture of one and I think it was on like the Zionic Twitter feed um, where it was like, it had like a dolphin chest or something like that. That sounds cool. <laughs> it looked goofy. It, it, it looked like it didn't fit in. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, some, some of, some of them were pretty cool, but yeah, so that's ending. So again, We've got a lot of stuff slowing down and closing out, and hopefully this means 2021 we'll get lots of more new content. Well, so the, the next things to end would be, I think 0083 Rebellion is approaching its like logical end. Yep, they just hit, um, I was looking at, again, Zionic Twitter feed, uh, chapter 85 is where they have uh, the colony hitting the earth. So yeah, we got to be close to the wrap it up. Now, knowing that author and the other things from him that we have looked at and talked about on the show, he he stretch out. He could keep the whole. He could just keep it going. Oh yeah, yeah. Go and connect it to his Zeta stuff and like, uh, yeah, you know, he could. If there's anybody that could just keep this going, or just rebrand it to something else, Rebellion. Right. Yeah, it would be weird if he redid if he redid Zeta because I mean, hasn't Zeta been redone? Oh, I guess I meant like this stuff that connects to it. Yeah. Well, he did he do the the Zeta redefine or whatever? I don't believe so. No. Yeah, but it would be funny. Like, let's just have a third version of Zeta. Why not? <laughs> hey, if he does as good with that as he did with 0083, yeah, that'd be cool. I, yeah. I wish it had gotten here. It, it it shipped out earlier this morning, DHL. So it'll take it a few days to get here. But I had the uh, Japanese language version of 83 Rebellion Volume 15 on the way. And all I gathered from the Amazon Japan English, like the machine translation of the blurb was, and it said this twice. It was something about like Kone Gato and men screaming in the space. <laughs> And the I'm resurrection weird. of Kelly, I was like, no, they just shot him. But, <laughs> but you know, that's kind of been the theme of 0083 Rebellion is like, you're like, oh yeah, Kelly, yeah, he's that guy that dies. Kelly's and they just, they just, yeah, they, 
Earth will not drag his soul down. He's he. You know what? If they make him like the um, the UC version of Patrick Colasauer, I would be fine with that. No, I I think Kelly is just gonna be um, Ko and Gato's Lala. <laughs> oh man, oh, that was good. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna have that weird. Never find a woman because he's he's just hung up on the ghost of Kelly. <laughs> Kelly is a man. And you're gonna have that weird scene like at the end of. Uh, um, OG series where like there's like they just have like mind meld like new type orgasms and stuff. It's weird. And there's waves as they repair mobile armors together. Yeah. Maybe with shirts. Maybe <laughs> not. Yeah. Who needs to bro out building a, a mobile armor when you can all right, let's move on. Um, yeah. Don't so... finish the thought. <laughs> so let's <laughs> You finished it. Just don't vocalize it. All right. Uh, all right. Let's go to something more serious. Tamino is racist. <laughs> um, so, again, back to Zionic. So, if you guys got money, donate money to Zionic. They they do so much cool stuff and help out, like, give, give information. But, like, he's been translating stuff left and right. And some of this stuff has been really cool. So, he translated the... Um, uh, the prototype Zeta Gundam proposal from July of 1984. And there's just like so much information on like the base story and different characters. Um, and one, one of the characters he, he brought up, which is one we've talked about a little bit recently in the show is Melanie Hugh Carbine. Um, and again, this is where we learn that Tamino is just a stark racist dude. And, um, you know, the Zeon, the Zeonic guy, he, he said, you got to just keep in mind. This was like the, the attitude of the times. This was the 1980s. <laughs> the, the, the Holocaust had been over for 40 years at this point. Um, to me, I was just racist and among other things. I mean, if you've, if you've read the novels or anything with him, he, he's an eccentric guy and that doesn't mean he doesn't make good content. Uh, it doesn't take away from that at all, but he is who he is. Um, but yeah, Melanie Carbine is Jewish um you know he's a mastermind and um and and <laughs> this is very one of the quotes from the the translated prototype is um you know at the same time he is not particularly gifted in any sense and is one of the many activists who pushed for the colony movement in order to fill the ultimate goal of the jewish people this is very similar to the way the jewish people control hollywood in other words, they intend to send all the people on earth up to the colonies in order to claim the Holy Land of Israel for the Jewish people. Wow. And then it goes on. He is really little more than an entrepreneur who plays a small role in this racial movement. These details should never be addressed in the television series. <sighs> so does that mean this, this goes through to, uh, to the actual show? <laughs> we don't know because it wouldn't be addressed in the television series. Um, I'm just going to go with death of the author on this one. And nah, man, Gundam is not about Anaheim electronics being a fucking Zionist conspiracy. <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah. It, it, 
it's a good, it's an interesting read to go through this uh, and and to see what they talk about, see like what the original plans for Zeta Gundam were. Yeah, the the big takeaway. So outside of the more questionable and uncomfortable content, the interesting part or the most interesting part to me is right at the beginning where he kind of mentions on the high level that this is going to be like Char is the protagonist of the series. And this is about him like trying to be a leader and being defeated. And then the very last sentence of like that kind of high level thing, um, it says Char is defeated by Paptimus Shiraco. It says, however, the series ends at the beginning of an era involving a second group led by Camille Bidon, which kind of feels like, almost what happens with going into double Zeta, right? Mm -hmm. Where we know that Camille obviously ends up in Zeta itself. And at the end he is defeated, but Shar is also defeated. And this leads into a story with a whole new group. And in this case it ends up being led by judo. But I thought that was kind of interesting to just kind of see how those pieces uh, shifted around uh, and how much, uh, you know, he was intended to really be the protagonist of the show. And he's yeah, Amro is barely ever mentioned except for basically like he's jealous that Hayato was able to impregnate Frau. Hmm. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's weird. Tamino has women are lot. fundamentally unable to become pilots because their nature is aligned with preservation. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm, Good to know. Thanks. Tamino has just some very weird thoughts and writings on uh, sex and females in general. I think if you just ignore the stuff he says and just look at the content he produces, there is meaning behind it. And I think there is some significance and he's got, uh, you know, on some level, a, good grasp of emotional intelligence, but at the same time, a tendency to maybe miss the mark on applying that in a way that is, you know, doesn't fall into some kind of stereotype or. He's, he's not good at, um, at, at making the characters actually have a good interaction. Like, I, I, if the closest thing I could think is like um, G- George Lucas, right? Like George Lucas had a really cool idea for Star Wars and the whole universe and everything like that. Um, but the more control he got over everything, like he is a terrible um, writer when it comes to dialogue and like act, like he's more of like the idea guy. Like you should, you know, let's do this. This is a really good idea. Let's you know put, move these pieces in this direction and. Um, but when he when he started saying like what they actually how they actually spoke to each other, it's kind of like cringy. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're gonna see this as we go through Zeta. Um, there's a underrunning current in all of Zeta, or as, as as we continue to go through, and you see it some of it in this treatment too, where women are very important to the story. The issue is that he, with some exception applies the same characterization to a lot of the women. Yeah. You know, uh, the difference in someone like Rosamia and four, other than what they look like, it comes down to, 
you know, one is maybe less messed up than the other and one has a mom complex. Yeah. But that's like, okay. They're yeah. Basically the same character, except he's like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have killed this one off or, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or like, what's the difference between them and Rekoa? Uh, there is, there is one. Yes. Um, and you know, Rekoa is obviously motivated by different things and wants to be useful and, or even like Reco and a machine. Right. And they have this whole rivalry that to this day, maybe this time, maybe having to do this deep dive for the podcast, I will finally understand why they want to hate each other <laughs> and why they just want to fight and why they kill each other. I, I, to this day, that part has not landed with me. And that's actually one of my hopes for this rewatch is that I can grasp what that was about. So we'll see when we get there. Um, yeah. Yeah, because they end up having a kind of sort of rivalry, and and I I never kind of quite got it, other than Reco wants to bone Paptimus, whatever, man. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. I don't think we have anything else. You think no. of anything? Breaking news here: with freelance journalist Kai Sheedon has discovered the identity. <laughs> Of the uh, the fucktard behind QAnon, oh, the Q is key. It's Quattro. It's the Quattro Bajina. He he is a QAnon. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> no, let's just stick with Kai. Got a new suit for the first time in thirty years. Rocking those suits, man. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for checking in with us. Uh, follow us on Twitter at New Type Flash Pod. Uh, all our bios are in there. Thanks for listening. We will see you in two weeks resuming Zeta. You will see the tears of time.